Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so thrilled that you are here today. But before we get started, I would love if you would do me a favor. Wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, I want you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media Tag us here at a God shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. I do that because I really want as many people as possible to recognize that whatever it is that they're going through, that there's hope on the other side of that. And the more times these episodes are shared, the more people we can help. So I appreciate you doing that. All righty, we are going to read my guest's bio, and then we're going to get started into what I know is going to be a fabulous conversation. So my guest today is a single mom of three young children, licensed minister, self-published author, group relationship coach, and a brand certified holistic health practitioner residing in Glen Burnie, Maryland. She is known as the holistic health plug, and hopefully we get into a little bit of that later, but her mission is to create a community of women living lives of purpose, pleasure, and peace using her freedom framework. The community will be a collaborative space for growth and healing for the members and their families. She has been featured in Women of the City, Voyage Baltimore, and Canvas Rebel magazines. In connecting with her, you will be refreshed by her love for people and her desire to positively impact every person she comes in contact with. She wants you to know that whatever you tr- you need to truly heal, it's all in you. I want to welcome to the show, Jaleesa Hardy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, so excited about this conversation and this want to give you your flowers right now because you're doing such an amazing job with all the things that you're doing. So I'm so excited to be here with you today. Well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. So I want to give a little bit of context to the conversation. So my definition of a God shift is the moment of disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but then that moves you into greater dimensions of possibility. And I believe that God uses whatever it is that he uses in our lives. I call it disruption, but you can think of it as unexpected circumstances, trials, tribulations, challenges, doesn't always have to be negative, but he uses those things to get our attention so that he can then invite us into the life that he has planned for us. So I would love if you could share with us a time that you've actually had to overcome some level of disruption in order to get to where it is that you are today. So what came up when you were talking about that, God said, is that I'm a little higher headed. So God had to like come Thanks. in and shift, shift, reshift, shift again a few times in my life because it's like God has to keep giving me these messages like, okay, follow me, focus on me, trust me, I got it. But it's like, let me, you know, let me put my hands in here. Let me see what I can do with it. Of course. <laughs> you might need a little help. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like the things that I've gone through, I wouldn't wish on anybody, 
But I know that some of the things that I went through was God trying to shift me back to his will, back to his way, back to his word so that I can get what he has for me to get out of life and be where he has for me to be. So more recently, one of the biggest God shifts I've probably experienced to date, um, I am currently going through a divorce. I was married for three years to a narcissist. Mm. Um, I experienced every type of abuse at his hands that there is. And I stayed for so long because I believe that God hated divorce. So I didn't think it was okay for me to leave. I thought I would be punished for leaving worse than what I was already going through in the marriage. Wow. And one day God just told me, like he showed me, I don't know if it was a message or something, but I knew it was from him because he said that, I guess I hate divorce, but I love you more. Mm. And that broke something in me and showed me just how much he loved me and just how much he didn't want me to continue to go through that abusive situation. Yeah. So it was like, it's really interesting to me because I've known so many people personally and just hear of people that find those things, those self, their selves in that same situation. And it's so difficult because, you know, we read scripture and we take it literally as sometimes we should. Some of the scriptures are not meant to be literal. They're meant to be, um, you know, more of an analogy, more of a story that drives home a point. But it's always really interesting. I think that's one of the toughest ones that's in there because, yes, it does tell us that God hates divorce. But I also believe that there are certain situations that the Lord would not allow us to be in. I also believe that there are people who have entered into marriages that they were clear that God told them not to marry marry that person. And so we're left to question, like, does he have to bless something that he didn't that he didn't put together to begin with. And so it is a very tricky situation because we want to honor God's word. We want to, especially when there's children involved, we want to try to stay together. But like you said, God said to you, like, I love you more because I just can't imagine that although, yes, I hate divorce, that God would want us to stay in a situation that is breaking us, whether it's literally or figuratively, and then breaking, you know, everyone around us. So I know that's a really tough one. It definitely was shaking free of those religious beliefs because I had people say, oh, just pray about it. God will fix it. Leave it up to God. This, that, and the third. Wow. I'm being abused. I'm in the house being abused. Like, (laughs) you want me to stay in this situation and just pray about it. My God says faith without work. That's right. I will pray myself all the way to the grave. (laughs) I'm like. No, I know that God does not desire for me to be here because every time I pray, I pray that prayer. God, show me if it's meant for me to get out. Yeah. And that's the that's the key to everything is that we have to be clear of what it is that God is telling us. Because I knew someone personally who was in the exact same situation that you're describing. And she believed in her heart that God didn't like divorce and she should stay. Some of the counsel that she was receiving was telling her the same thing. And she did for a very long time. And the reason why, well, not all of the reasons, but one of the reasons why is because she didn't want to move until she was clear that God told her to move. And the day that God gave her the clearance (laughs) to exit the premises, she was extremely clear that she heard his voice. And she had a lot of peace about the decision as well. Did you experience the same? Yes, um, because I I was doing everything literally to, literally to make things work. Counseling, marriage counseling, group counseling, like all these things to try to make it work. 
praying, fasting, reading his word. Like, I'm like, God, yeah, like, all I, the things. Yes, everything. I'm like, I have three kids. My kids at the time were two, two and one month old. I'm like, God, like, I want this to work. I don't want to be a single mom. I'm trying to do everything. The church is telling me, you know, you got to make this work. You got to do this. You got to do that. I'm doing all the things. And every single time I would pray that prayer, something else would happen. Mm-hmm. The, the the abuse would escalate. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I know this is you, God. I know this is you. But as a, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had three little ones, no income. I'm like, God, like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. How is this going to work? At what point did you realize that the how wasn't of your business? Or did you? I didn't until it continued to escalate. And when the abuse turned to my oldest child at the time, that was when it hit me. It's not just me. It's not just me. Yeah. I also believe that sometimes God has to allow things to happen that we can't ignore, right? Like there's some things that the Lord is like, okay, if I allow that to happen, she's just going to look past it. If I allow that to happen, he's just going to forgive them. And he's never really going to see what it is that I'm trying to get them to see. And sometimes it's like, no, let me allow them. I'm just going to get a little country right now. Let me allow them to do the fool. Because if they don't go off and do the fool, they're going to just ignore it. So let me allow that other person to do the fool. So they do something so major that they just absolutely can't ignore it. And they have no choice. Like they're forced to move, if you will. Yeah. So I had, we had just finished the forgiveness session because I went through this whole forgiveness course. I'm like, let me work on this forgiveness thing with him. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the issue. Like blaming myself for all the things that was going on. So did a forgiveness session. At the end of the forgiveness session, he just thought everything was going to be fine. We had had no intimacy or anything like that for months. So he asked me for a hug and kiss. And just the way that the, the whole session went, I just still was not comfortable. So I told him no. Mm. And that set him off. And he just started like yelling at the kids. And I just was like, you know what? Let me, you know, get us together so we can go outside and get some air. Mm-hmm. I'm in the bathroom and I hear my oldest son crying. And it wasn't like a regular cry. Like as a mom, you know the difference between your kids cry. For sure. And I opened the door and I look across to the room that's diagonally across from the bathroom. And I see him squishing my baby in between the door and the wall. And my my soon-to-be ex is almost 500 pounds. My son at the time was two. Not that it matters, but is it his biological child? Mm -hmm. Named after him and everything. But that's wow. a whole nother story. So I'm like, I look across and I'm like, what are you doing? He starts to blame him. Well, he wasn't listening. I told him to leave the door alone. He wouldn't leave the door alone. This, that, and the I'm like, but you're squishing him between the door. Yeah. What are you doing? And that he, that set him off. He started like yelling, screaming, cursing at me. Like, that's not what you saw. You're tripping, da, 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 gaslighting. And I'm like, you yeah. know what? Fine. I took my, my middle child. My mom came upstairs to get my oldest. I took my middle child in the bathroom with me. I turned the water on and I called, uh, was it 211 or 311? Whatever it was, the non-emergency line. And I'm trying to figure out what I can do to get a protective order. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't necessarily want to get the police involved. Like, I just wanted him out. Because I had tried to get him out before and told him that I wanted a divorce. He, you know, threatened to kill himself, threatened to take the kids, threatened to, you know, expose me, like all these things. And I'm like, how am I going to get out of this? So I called 
And they're like, well, you have to come down to get a protective order. And I'm like praying like, God, like, what am I supposed to do? I call my therapist. I call my pastor. Nobody was answering. Mm. You know what? (laughs) When when we're calling everybody, we can't reach anyone. It's because the Lord is like, call me. I'm on the main line. Nobody was answering that normally would answer. And I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. I'm getting out of here. And the even though there was some anxiety, mm-hmm. I still had peace. Yes. I had so much peace and I knew. Because sometimes the right thing to do and the hardest thing to do are the exact same thing. So it doesn't mean that it's not going to be uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that it's not going to come with a certain level of anxiety like you described it. It's not that it's going to be, you know, easy, but it will be peaceful, which what's which is what makes it possible. Yes. And on the way to the police station, I had so much peace. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. I'm, out. I'm getting out. My kids are getting out. My yeah. kids are going to be safe. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to have peace of mind. And that was the God shift that took me to where I am today to be sane, to be healthy, to be happy, to be whole. Yeah. And able to now support other single moms on their journey of single, single motherhood. So before we get to that, So like you said in the beginning, like there's so many things that you feel like that you have experienced in your life probably before and maybe even after the experience um, with your spouse. So you go through these God shift moments. You're now on the other side of them. When you look back collectively, not specific to, you know, your, your marital situation, but collectively, when you realize that you've gotten on the other side of these God shift moments, what would you say you've learned? (laughs) That God's got it. Like, like if nothing else, through every situation, that circumstance, and my trust, my faith, and my belief in what God will do for me. Because I know he can do anything. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we question, will you do it for me? That's right. Like, we, we don't doubt whether or not he's able. We just wonder, will he be willing enough to do it for us? For whatever reason, there's so many, there's so much trash and so much stinking thinking in our heads that put us in that position. Because if we really paid attention to what the Bible says, there would be absolutely no reason for us to believe that he would not do it for us. I mean, heck, the Bible says there's he's no respecter of persons, you know, but we do for whatever reason. Sometimes we think we're not worthy or we're not enough of this or we're too much of that, or maybe we've done something to deserve this. And we see what he does in other people's lives. We read what the Bible is documented, but we still are not quite sure that he's going to do it for us. Yep. And that's what it was. The worthy part. Like, am I worthy of you working this situation out? Am I worthy of having more than what I've seen around me and in my circumstance? Am yeah. I worthy because of the mistakes and the, the bad decisions that I've made to receive blessings from him? So that's yeah. really what it is. And would you say, because you work with a lot of women um, and then you're a minister as well, so you work with a lot of people in general. And so would you say, because I believe that the things that God allows to happen in our lives are ultimately being used as a tool to move us to a better place in life. But oftentimes we allow those situations to keep us stuck. Would you say that that worthiness piece is one of the most common barriers that, that keep people stuck in situations or do you see some other ones as well? Definitely worthiness is one of the top ones. And I think even like the self doubt that goes into, am I enough? Yeah. And that, 
So I would definitely say feeling like unworthy or having low self-worth or self-esteem. Those are the things, one of the major things that keep people stuck in, in their situation because mm-hmm. it's like, I deserve to be here because I, I, I'm not X, Y, Z or yeah. I didn't do X, Y, Z. So yeah, I definitely would say that self-worth piece, feeling unworthy is one of the biggest things that keep people stuck. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want you to drop some gems and share some nuggets of how people can find themselves in a better place after they've gone through a God shift. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan, to ditch disruption or delay, and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. Welcome back. So if someone is listening to this episode and they're like, I am in the middle of a God shift or the God shift has ended, but I'm still trying to figure out how to put my life back together. I really want to use this disruption as a tool to shift my life into a more positive place. What would be the best tip that you would give them that they could start doing today? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I would definitely say to start where you are with mm. what you have. Yeah, win on your level. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because it's like we always like look forward or think too far ahead. Like, oh, I need to have this resource or this tool or this person or this X Y Z to get to the next level. But literally everything that you need is right in your hand. Yeah. So at what you have exactly where you are and go from there, build on that, use that before you try to find something more or something new or something different because you have everything that you need. That's good. So I see your book behind you and you say it's all in me. Is that kind of the premise of your book is like everything you have is everything you need? Yes. Tell us a little bit more about your book. So my book came from just years of people telling me, oh, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I hear you, but you know, I don't know. Like your life is a lifetime movie. You need to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know, but I don't even know where to start. And the year, ironically, the year that I was getting married, Everything came together for me to write my book, mm. like literally down to me meeting a random stranger that decided that he would do the book cover for free because he he wanted my story to be out there. Like random. everything just came together. Yes. Everything random. just came together. The way that God does does his thing is not logical. We try to like overthink and think through mm-hmm. things. And that's how my book t- came together. I literally wrote my book in 20 days. Mm-hmm. From start to finish, I sat down for an hour a day and wrote my book, wrote my story. And it was so freeing. It was so therapeutic for me to be able to write about some things that I hadn't even talked to people about. Yeah. To now share with the world. Yeah. And as I mentioned, you know, I've had a lot of God shifts in my life. And that's what I talk about in my book. Those those times in my life, even from childhood, that I experienced trauma, that I experienced abandonment, that I experienced abuse. And how God show up is showing me that I have you. Every part of your life, I'm going to use. 
every situation and circumstance I'm going to use for my glory and your good. It's yeah, not to be wasted. Yeah, nothing. Oh, so that's and that was one of the things that God showed me. Like you have the Holy Spirit within you. Yeah, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You have that power. So right. you have everything that you need in order to succeed and live a life of freedom and abundance. So don't settle. So that's what my book is about. And I would add to that, you know, <clears throat> the tip that she gave you was, you know, recognize that, you know, steward what you have in your hands because everything you have is everything you need. And sometimes it can be very difficult to be like, I don't feel like I have anything, especially if you're still kind of feeling bogged down from what it is that you've gone through. So if that's you, I want you to take out a piece of paper and I want you to write down every positive thing about yourself. I want you to write everything that you feel like you have access to internally and externally. And if you're struggling with that, ask people who know you because we don't always see ourselves the way that other people see us. And sometimes it's very difficult for us to see the truth that is within us when we have been bogged down by trauma. And so make a list, make a list. And from that list, I would say create some I am statements, because sometimes when you're experiencing things that feel heavy and things that feel tough, you need to be able to have some powerful I am statements that can help reinforce the God that is in you so that you can get on the other side of whatever it is that you're going through and whatever it is that you're feeling. So we have to begin to um, wrap this conversation up, but I want to know how can they follow you on social media if they want to do that? So one of the most active places I am is on Instagram. And my Instagram is at the holistic health plug. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook at Jaleesa Hardy. Just search me and you'll find me on there. Okay, perfect. And um, what would you like to offer if people would like to take things further with you? Would you recommend they get your book or what? Yes, definitely get my book. Um, if you're a single mom, I created She's Ready Society, a support community, a safe haven for single moms to come and get what they need so that they can up-level spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially to live the life they dream and they desire. Um, so I have that, but everything is on my website. It's um, www.jaleesahardy.com. I have some other things. I have a five-day free forgiveness challenge, as well as you can actually get a snippet of my book, um, which is the first chapter and the intro as well on my website. Everything is there. Awesome. Well, I thank you for being here today. I thank you for being willing to share your life with us. Um, I know that people are going to be blessed by this because I was everyone share, share, share this episode because everybody is going through something and you may even know someone that is going through exactly what it is that Jaleesa went to. So again, please share this episode. And also I would ask you to go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.